Hello, and welcome to the Radio Check Podcast, life in the concert touring industry, where we'll be speaking with and interviewing the best talent in the business, taking not only a deep dive into what it takes to put on a world-class show, but also life on the road and sharing experiences that span the globe, highlighting the people that are responsible for making your favorite artists look and sound great. My name is Matt Kanzi, and your host on this podcast is Chris Kanzi, a 40-year veteran in the live music touring industry. Over the years, Chris has traveled the globe several times over and has escalated through the ranks, bringing him to the top of his profession. He has established hundreds, if not thousands, of connections with other industry professionals, artists, and musicians. This podcast is your backstage pass to what happens behind the scenes and on the road when traveling and working with some of the world's top musicians. So sit back and enjoy. And here we are again, Brother Chris. It's always a pleasure to see you. Uh, what's happening in your life down in New Orleans? Oh, you know, I, I really wish I had something exciting to tell you, but huh. it's, it's just, you know, just more of the same and, you know, just being dad and, you know, working your way through life and, you know, grocery shopping and thinking of projects to do and just, I don't know, just trying to get on with things in the the most positive, optimistic way I can. Yeah, I I know you you. just just got back from Moab, so Ah. I know you went for an epic ride. How was that? Oh, yeah. You know, that was something that's been on any mountain biker's bucket list for the past two decades. So I went out there for four days uh, with a tour group and a lot of really good high-end riders and people who knew the terrain. Um, it was just a really great experience. So just good. For me, it was amazing. Good. I'm, so. I'm, I'm glad to see you're not in bandages or anything. So you know, I didn't crash know. once, which was kind of like <laughs> knock on wood. So knock on wood, but yeah. So, Hey, um, you know, getting into this, um, you know, today is really interesting because, you know, a lot of people in your industry I've met before for the years that I've come to visit you and the little dabbling I've done, but Today's guest, to believe it or not, is is completely new to me. Um, I've never met this gentleman before, uh, but I understand he kind of plays in the same sandbox you do in a couple of different ways. Um, but why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us who we got going on today? Well, I mean, sure, we might play in the same sandbox, but he built the sandbox, you know. <laughs> he designed it and kind of built it. So, you know, I, 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 I'm so pleased and honored to be able to have uh, my longtime friend Charlie Hernandez on and Charlie who's uh, basically done everything in this industry he's uh, you know started off when he was young and and basically was were one of the architects of how we do things now um, but you know I'm not going to wax on too much about him I just want to say hi Charlie and, and thanks for coming on with us that's really nice to be here Chris it's very nice to meet you Matt Likewise, Charlie. Well, good. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be so much to talk about, um, and and I know I want to talk about some things that you know I, 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 I would love to ask you, and 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 I know you. There's a lot of really important things, uh, and 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 in your life that you'd like to talk about as well, and and and, and I'm all for everything, but. Uh, you know, what I, what I want to do with somebody like you, I just want to, you know, talk about, you know, how you get started a little bit, you know, talk about, you know, you know, your early days. And I, I know a little bit about it, but, you know, you know, you're a little bit older than me. And, you know, a lot of production managers in this industry are, you know, we're in our 50s and 60s. But back when you were started, you know, uh, 
there were no older people really in the industry. You know, we were in our 20s and we were in our early 30s and we were kind of like, you know, inventing it and doing things. And, and you started before me. So um, I'd like to get an idea of, of your early days. I know you, you were born in New York City and, and I know you spent time in Brazil. And, but, you know, is there, let, let's touch upon how you got started. You know, is there, is there any story you'd like to tell in that respect? It's an odd thing because we lived in Brazil. You know, my mother was Brazilian and, you know, the old man was uh, a ship's, he was a merchant marine. And um, one day I came home from school and bags were packed and the maid says, uh, where's mom? Well, she's at the American embassy, you're going to America today. Just like that, it was like one of these these moments. So we just go, what? And um, for a variety of reasons, the family picked a place called Island Park, Island Park, Long Island, on the south shore of the island. Who was I? Who are we to know that all roads lead to Island Park? There was a place called the Action House that uh, through different incarnation, it, became, it was the action house, then it was the rock pile, then it was speaks, no, then it was speakeasy, and then it became speaks. So it was sort of like this, this club, this, this sort of natural, this, this place where bands used to play. Now, the guy that used to own the place was a guy named Phil Basile. And Phil Basile was one of the original sort of uh, manager types and used to manage the Vanilla Fudge and oh, wow. work with um, uh, the Rascals, the, the, every, every type of Long Island band, Mountain, all these bands. That, and anyway, this was this club. It was like this sort of, um, I don't know, kind of like this this place where everybody played back in those days. Yeah, what what years were these? What what, what this was 67, 68, Oh, 69, wow. That kind of oh, thing. Oh, wow. And the house that we lived in was up the street from Speaks. It was it was a sort of a marina, and at the end of the marina was Speaks and we were about 12, 14 docks this way of it. So being that the old man was out at sea and mom would go to sleep early, I would sneak out of the house and jump the docks. Back when I could jump docks, you know, from dock to dock, you know, and <laughs> listen to this, this music that was playing. And everybody played there. The Cream played there. Tull really? played there. All these bands, oh, wow. Flying Burrito Brothers played there. All these things. Uh, eventually... Uh, because I was always kind of a big guy, you know, kind of a big boy. And eventually they got tired of throwing me out and they offered me a job to stock the beer coolers and do this and do that. And that was, that was the, first, the first bit, you know, of like, what's all this about? And I uh, went to school, you know, you go through the whole high school thing and everything else, you know, the, the, there's a, the idea that, you know, you're either going to be a doctor or a lawyer. You know, that's how the, that's how the Latin family works, <laughs> right? And uh, um, imagine their surprise yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. when I said, yeah, no, that's not going to work for me. 
but um you know you needed adrenaline well they got over it when i bought their house in florida they got over it yeah yeah it worked out okay there you go it was uh it was it was an interesting it was an interesting uh uh childhood or or middle middlehood i would say um Island Park was a great place. You know, there were great people there. Uh, mm. Was that near? Is it near Deer Park by any chance? No, it's on the South Shore. There's is a, there's Long Beach, which is the very South Shore of the island, Nassau County, and then there's Island Park, Oceanside. You know, who else comes from over there? A few, a few people have come from from the area of the Long Island, the Long the Long Island scum, as we used to call it. You know, Daniel Bryan uh, was from uh, Baldwin, right. the next town over. Uh, we didn't know that until we were grown men and we were talking about something and I mentioned a word and he went, wait a minute, you hold on. <laughs> and we kind of knew each other, you know, and it was, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a funny story, you know, but a lot of people, a lot of people, there was a, a, a company that Phil Basile owned. It was called Concert East. There used to be a Concerts West, you know, and, there was also uh, Frank Barcelona was was an agent, a famous agent at the time. Oh, so yeah. this is the kind of people that were circling, that 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 circled around that 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 type of thing. And I, you know, I was fascinated by it. Not, yeah, I was it wasn't all about. Didn't want to be in front of the light. I I really wanted to know how the light worked. You know, the idea of looking at a needle on a record and watching the grooves and saying, there's something in that groove, there's something in there that I want to know about. It wasn't about being the the guitar player, the drummer. That never interested me. I, I wanted to know what was what was that. Hmm. There's something in it that, that's, that was special. And that's how it was. It, it's the only gig I ever had. So yeah, yeah. And, and, you, and, and your first break was with Billy Squire, right? Yeah, Billy was the uh, Billy was really the 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 first the first one, and he was one of just still is one of the greatest guys ever. Yeah, you know, my I, son's I, name's I, William for a reason because oh, wow. you know that that band was so good. You know, Bobby Shenard. Bobby Shenard. I mean, fucking hell. You know, what a great band, you know, yeah. and Jeff Gollum was yeah. Kenny Double A, yeah, Double A Aronson, you know, and, oh, yeah. you know, and um, um, uh, just amazing, amazing musicians. You know, Alan St. John was a keyboard. He was like a Long Island type, you know, back in those days, you had to play everything and you had to play everything really well. You know, Alan St. John was that kind of keyboard player and he and he could play he could play any style any type he's one of those guys so he was a great keyboard player and also um jeff golub was one of the most amazing guitar players very that underrated I, that i ever ever seen great so, jazz feel so what, a little bit what, what, what did you do were you kind of like the everything guy for them or what did you what, what did you well back then there wasn't there wasn't like really titles there weren't like oh i'm production manager i'm the stage manager i'm the this i'm the that you know mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the guy there yeah. was me and there was this guy buddy miller that was uh the other guy you know <laughs> and we drove the truck and we set up the truck and we set up the gear and we break down the gear and drive the truck to the next city to the next town to the next bar you know, we did that for for a very long time. The thing the thing that that's interesting about 
that whole Billy Squire story is that somebody invented this thing called MTV. And it happened exactly around the same time. And Billy and Capitol Records and uh, were enamored by this idea of creating content. You know, it was kind of like AM radio, visual AM radio is what it was. And Billy was, was one of the stars. You know, they yeah, came down to him and he was, he was just a giant, you know. What was funny about it, the first couple of years, we were, without question, the opening act for whoever had the number one album. So <laughs> right. Benatar had a number one album. Billy Squire was the opening act. The Foreigner, Foreigner 4 was a, the, the number one act. Billy Squire was the opening act. I mean, it went on and on, you know. We opened up for Alice Cooper. We opened up for the, you know, every, everyone imaginable in, the, in that early, late, 1979, 80. Billy had another band called Piper that used to be managed by Bill O'Coin, who oh, okay. managed Kiss, right? Kiss, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then Billy kind of went off on his own, and, and, um, and he had a, a, an album called Tale of the Tape, and it was this great rock album, and, you know, had great band, and uh, it was oh, done up And so many the, good songs. I mean, people forget songs. how many great songs Billy Square had. You know, yeah, you're on the radio. If I hear "Lonely Is the Night" when I'm driving my car, I mean it gets loud and I yeah. start driving fast. It's yeah. just it's one of those songs, and he, you, know? you know. And the key and the key to every band, you know, is the drummer. And he had and he had Bobby, Bobby Shinard, Shinard, the big beat. He was God. The guy. He was so good. He was he was he, one of the greatest know, drummers. He was I, just the man. I, I did a, a I used to do studio stuff when I lived in New York City, you know, or outside of New York City, and and it was a, I forgot who I was working with or who the session was. Bobby Chouinard was the drummer for the session. I was kind of thought yeah. that was a surprise, and and yeah. he said he's setting up his own drums and he's. Yeah. Out and, he's, and he's finding all these old snow seals inside his tra trap case. And he's picking yeah. them up, opening up, and he's licking them and throwing them in the ground. He was, uh, it's, it's, it's a shame because he, he was, he was a great talent. talent. Yeah. Such a talent. He was so good. But he had that backbeat and he had that, that, that real, that real bit, you know? He, he was really great, you know? Yeah. Well, well, you know, after Billy Square, you, you, you know, we, your, your career just took off, you know, because I know. I know that 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 Def Leppard hysteria tour from from the middle to late '80s. You know that was, I mean, that was in the round. It had all the gags. It sold a ton of freaking tickets. I mean, that, yeah, that tour. Right. Def Leppard were the biggest band in the world at that time. Yeah, but people and, forget that when it first came out, nobody listened. You know, yeah. when when the when the band first came out with that Def Leppard in the round thing, it was like, what? You know, the album came out. They had a big, they had a big break because of the of the accident. You know, they were kind of out of out of out of the like sweet spot of that whole MTV thing. Mm -hmm. And it was we we toured a year, almost a year here in the states of doing okay, not doing great, to the point that we went that we said, all right, let's go to Europe. We actually went, to, we went back to Europe to do shows in Europe in in the winter time. Yeah, you know, to go like, what are we doing? Yeah, and, you know, the, uh, the, the, the point I'm trying to make here is, you know, in those days, production managers were young. I mean, we were all young and we're getting it done. There yeah. were a few people that were older, you know, there was the, you know Patrick Ahern and, and there was like Joe Baptiste and a few of the guys, but, you know, it was a young industry. 
And, you know, you're doing production for Def Leppard on a massive tour and you're, what, in your late 20s? Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we just, 30 yeah. by then? No, you not know? even 30. No, we were and, and, and these And that show was massive. So, I mean, you you, you really dove in and you and you catapulted to, you know, to some of the highest production value and, 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 and effects that there were out there. And then... Uh, you know, I had a spectacular crew. I had a, I had great people working with us. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had we had great riggers. We had uh, the the Long Brothers. We had we had people that aren't. You know, some of them are still working. Some aren't. You know, but you know that we had a great great crew. We yeah. had great everybody. Yeah, Robert and, Scoville, famous. Yeah, Scoville, yeah, the, yeah, one of the great engineers of all time. You know, and and you know, and we had we kind of had a bit of a secret weapon, which was, you know, the, the mensch, the mensch mob, <laughs> right, of course, yeah, you yeah. know, and they were, they were relentless. And to me, the, the secret weapon of all of it was Marsha Vlasic. Oh. Marsha Vlasic was our agent. And, and she, Marcia, she just passed, didn't she? No, no, she's still around. She's, she's still. Oh, sorry, Marsha. Yeah. Marsha's <laughs> there. Oh, she's happening. Yeah, I've worked no, with her. But Marsha Vlasic was the secret weapon because, you know, if there was a, ever an issue with any building at any run, a, any level, there was a call from her, and they, all of a sudden yeah. there's no issue, there's no problem. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We go in, we're playing. Yeah. You know, Fire aisles would disappear. She was, she was, <laughs> she was amazing. You know, she was, she so believed in it. You know, and she yeah. was great. I really, I, I have a lot of respect for Mark. Uh, well, that was a that was a launching pad for you to be like a big time production manager. I know you went on with you know Rat and when they were a big arena band, uh, Kiss. Uh, had the, Smith, had this. Uh, we, I had this 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 bit, especially with Leopard and 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 a couple of the other acts. It started. It kind of started with Billy. You know, I always I always used to say because there was a time where. You know, the headliner was the headliner and the opening act were the scum. You know, and that's like, you know, yeah, you'll, you'll have this one mic and that's what it, you know. And I used to tell all my guys, I said, you know, today's opening act is tomorrow's swimming pool. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that's, and, and we tried, you know, I tried. I try to always, you know, do what I can for a support act, do what I can. You know, there were a couple that, 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 got, that got the wrath, but they got the wrath. So, yeah. But the, the whole idea is, you know, you treat somebody coming up because they're the next, you know, they're going to be the next. And I was yeah. able to go ahead, you know, go from Billy to Rat to this to that. You know, it got Billy to, to Def to Rat. Yeah, these these bands were sort of opening acts that just kind of moved moved forward. And I was able to do that. And it worked It worked pretty good for me. It was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you, were, you know, your name was out there. I remember the first time. I saw you. I was living in LA and you were in the rainbow and someone came up to me and he goes, that's Charlie Hernandez over there. And I go, wow, wow, where's Charlie Hernandez? And I remember, I'm I remember sorry, what place was this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I do remember that. Uh, and then it wasn't soon after that. It was soon after that, that I met you because you, you, you started doing this unknown job called site coordinator. I'm like, fuck, what's yeah. a site coordinator, you know? And, and, uh, the first time we met properly was, uh, Metallica snake tour early nineties. Uh, I was, uh, God, I was with a few bands opening on the tour. I was with the cult. Uh, and I was, and I was with Megadeth. We opened up and, uh, and, and you know what I, and, and we met and, 
you know, I, I was having an issue. I don't know what the issue was or what band it was. And I remember coming up to you and you were, you were so gracious and you didn't really know me. And you listened to me talk and, uh, you know, we were walking around and you said, you know what, kid, don't worry about it. It's all, it's going to be okay. And, 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 and you said, you said some other, you know, wise things to me, but I do remember that. And, and I remember, I go, Charlie Hernandez, I really hope I know him my whole career. And, and here we are, you know? So that was, that was, that was a good time. That was a really good time. Um, and, and, you know, and also around that time, you know, and uh, you, 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 Jake and Opie started Production Alliance. What do you do? Yeah. Talk, talk, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, what was the yeah, vision was behind me, Production yeah, Alliance? Me, me, Jake, Opie and Laurie Tierney. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the four of us, we, um, yeah, the, we felt that, um, you know, we were doing a lot of acts, you know, and we had just finished the Metallica Guns N' Roses bit. Right. Yeah. And uh, we sat down and said, you know, we should, we should combine, you know, because we're all friends and we're all in on it. Everybody was on that tour, you know, uh, everyone that we wanted, every, you know, it was quite the tour because the, the, both crews were the crews. It was it was a sort of a perfect storm in a, in a way, and um, it was it was quite it was there was something special about it. Anyway, we finished the tour and we're all sitting around at um, there was a, there was a, a big after tour party and we were all together and we were talking about. It. I said, you know, we should we should start we should start something. We should we should go ahead and 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 create a business model that makes sense for business managers, for managers, for, for people that, for the bottom line, you know? And if, if we have the lion's share, if we have the share of the big tours, we can, we can kind of combine deals where we're able to get better deals for everyone. And in the end, who's going to say no to a better deal? And and it worked out. And then and then, uh, so who do we get? You know, oh, we should get Metallica. Well, we got we should get this. We should get that. And and it was you know. And Laurie said, no, nah, no, we should we should we should we should get the Rolling Stones. And it was like, well, you know, that's Michael Ahern's bit. You know, da 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 da. You know. And she goes, if we're going to do something, we got to, we, we just got to get, we, we got to get the best. We got to be, that's, that's who, that, that, that's what we need to do. That's it. And it was, it was an odd circumstance and, and it was, um, it was a tough, it was a tough circumstance, but we, we got the deal, you know, with Bill Zizblatt and with Joe Raskoff and there we were. And we then it was um, uh, Voodoo Lounge, and we we applied a lot of the methods that we had. You know, we called ourselves the black shirts. You know, the black shirt method of how how we move tours around and and the efficiencies that we have and how how we did it, and we applied that to a, a juggernaut like the Stones and how they moved the tour. And we slowly reshaped and changed the way things were being done, and it and it worked out. And we've been, you know, we've been involved ever since. You know, uh, 
the company itself, after four or five years, ran its course. But we're all still involved with the same clients that we started yeah. with. You know, yeah. you know, Dale still still got that. You know, uh, Jake's got U two. ACDC is still in place. You know, all these things are still in place because, you know, it works. You know, Guns well, N' Roses are still in place. Those things are all in place. Well, you, you and you and Jake, and, and and definitely Opie, because Opie's more my age, and I know you and you know you and Jake are closer to the same age. But you know, you and I were talking about this recently that you know it, it you kind of took over from where you know the the Bill Grams and 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 you were mentioning Alex Cooley, and you took over from you know where those guys left off, you know, and and you 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 took it to the next level, you know, uh, and and pretty much paved the way for how we do things now still to this day in a lot of ways well luckily we were, we were smart enough never to be promoters we figured <laughs> we we were smart enough never to, to 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 take to take that you know to take that idea oh let's promote this let's yeah no you know tell us tell us what the job is you know we'll we'll tell you how we feel we can do it if you think it makes sense for your for your the way you want it, we'll make it happen, and and we'll 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 create a uh, a model that makes sense. It might not be the cheapest model, and never is the cheapest model, but in the end, you will see the result that will that will push the profit line, the number of shows per week, the logistics to being able to play everywhere all the time. And more importantly for us, you know, the pride of, you know, kind of, kind of a point of pride for us is that the kid in New York sees the same show that the kid in, you know, Peoria, the same show that the kid in Rio is going to see. We want to be able to show the same show everywhere we go. You know, so, you know, Jake, you know, Jake did, you know, amazing work with rapid deployment with, 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 uh, you know, standardizing things, you know, Opie is just, you know, he's just, you know, just a, a terrier, you know, I, I don't know yeah, anyone that works as far so. as he does, you know, and, and, you know, Lori Tierney was the glue that kept us all together, she you knows. know. She was, she was just, uh, she was everything, you know, and um, she became, she became an a indispensable part. And when she decided that she wanted to, she was, she was having kids and she wanted to spend time with her kids and um, started, you know, started putting together a, a travel agency. All our business went to her and, you know, and, and uh, uh, Wendy Stevens and Charles Zimmer, who was, was an intern that worked for me in Atlanta who, who came in and did tour, you know, did some tours with me. And then, you know, and they started a business that's been super successful. And, yeah. So oh, we've been, yeah. So us. Yeah. And, and we've been, we've been very, very, um, uh, close and family and, and, you know, you can't beat it. You know, Lori Tierney, you know, she taught, she taught us a lot of things, you know, because like I said, she was the glue, but the one, the one thing that, that, that really resonates about, about her, 
you know, and she always said that to us, better to lose a gig and keep a friend, mm. you know, and that's, that's what it's about, you know, and yeah, we, we've lived that way. We've lived that way. And, and we we're friends and, you know, Springo and, you know, and, and uh, Ian Kindersley and, you know, there, there, there's a, there's a group of us that, that, that are inseparable when it really comes down to it. I see know? it, you know, and I, and I've, I've, I've been around, I've been around you and I've been around Jake and I've been around Opie and, and I'll tell you, you know, your, your team will do anything for you. You know, I, I, there's, there's, there's a, a level of respect that your crews give to you guys. That is just very envious, you know, um, it's, it's, you know, well, you know what, you're, you're responsible for a lot of people in this industry. You know, I mean, a lot of, I've had conversations with, yeah, if it wasn't for Charlie Hernandez, I wouldn't be here right now, you know, and you're, you're very nurturing, you know, you, you, you show by example, you know, you lead with, with, with an understanding and, and kindness that, that, that is just so important, you know, and, 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 you know, I respect the hell out of you and your approach and, and, you know, and, you know, you're surrounded by all your children right now uh-huh. that are in the industry wearing laminates, sitting on buses, you know, that kind of thing. You know, it's a, you know, it must be a wonderful f- feeling. It's a, well, um, I'll, I'll tell you my side of the story one day. <laughs> <laughs> Another cool thing that you've been doing for years and amongst many, many, many others is, you know, is farm aid. That's something you've dedicated your time to for, for years now. I mean, I know Farm Aid's been around since. I blame Ron Stern, you know, <laughs> another one of, you know, you asked about uh, side coordinating, you know, it, it, you know, Stern is the guy that said, you know, there's, there's something that needs to be done here. You know, Stern was one of the first to, to really talk about having someone there in front so that when you show up, you know, it's settled, you know, at least as, as settled as it can be. Yeah. You know, and, 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 it, you know, Sterno did the first farm aid in 85, I think it was. Uh, yeah. It was, it was 35 years ago and he basically had nine weeks to put it together. Not even or seven weeks or something stupid, but he's the guy, you know, he, he, him and Joe Baptista was there and, and, you know, Michael Ahern, I think was involved, but you know, Sterno was on the promoter side, but he was on the promoter side because he was on our side. Sterno was one of us. He just happened to work at Jam, you know? So he understood the the big picture of what it took and what can happen, what can't happen, and what should happen and how it should be run. And that he's a bit of a unicorn when it came to that, you know, and he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's the guy, you know, 30, 35 years, you know, he's done all the farm aids. He got me in on it. I, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid right off the bat because it's, you know, the American farm, you know, this whole country is, is really, a farm country. Yeah, we can manufacture tanks, we got airplanes and all this, but when it comes to 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 what this country was built on, you know, it was built on this sort of, you know, agrarian so, sort of uh, uh, economy. Um, and the family farm need needs to needs to be. So, yeah, 
anytime you go past a farm a farm stand on the side of the road it's up to you to stop and spend five dollars you know yeah yeah, yeah, tomatoes. Just, yeah just get a bag of tomatoes just you know talk to them hey how you doing is this your farm da, 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 da. you'll 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 meet and and hear the greatest stories about families and and what it's about yeah it's, they one, work it's hard, one of the man. great things about this country it's a hard it's hard work man it's yeah, they, well, they get up when it's still dark, just like yeah. we do, you know. Yeah. Hard work. Hard yeah. work. But, you know, and, we're lucky, and we're lucky that we have artists that are willing to step up, Willie and, and, and John and uh, uh, Neil, you know, and Dave, you know, the, 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 the four. And, but what's amazing is, here, here's, here's, here's the beauty of farming. Every artist, every crew, everyone every single person gets there on their own dime they we don't we don't pay for we don't the the show doesn't we we provide sound and lights we'll give them we'll give them the best we'll give them the best looking show they'll ever have and we will because we have the relationships with upstaging and 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 claire and all and they're all in on it they'll give us what we want and how we want it and but every artist every crew everything gas hotels everything the bands pay for it because they believe that much in the program they believe that much and they're they're there because of willie and they believe because willie when he says the sky's blue i'm telling you the sky is blue you know and every artist that's ever played farm aid every single one has done it because they wanted to be there and they got there themselves. Wow. It's amazing. It's, it's the only, it's the, I've done a bunch, you know, we've all done a bunch of benefits everywhere. And there's always the, uh, why is the shrimp not big enough? You yeah. Know, and all that right. shit. None of that. You know, yeah. It must be, all, it must be humbling just being on site. And just it really is. It really and, is. And, you know, so, sometimes you Sometimes you can go somewhere and do something and not really make any money, but you you know, it's, 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 it's the time of your life, man. It's the memories. It's, it's, uh, you know, every artist and everyone is so, um, is so familial, you know, everyone's in on it. it it's, it's one, it's one yeah. of the greatest, it's one of the greatest shows out there. I'm glad, you know? I'm glad it's still happening. I know it had to happen virtually this year, but, uh, you know, hopefully next year, you know, we'll, you know, you'll be in some beautiful spot where the sky's blue with Willie and, and, and doing it Absolutely. again. <clears throat> you know, okay. Now I warned you about this and I, and I have to talk about it only because, you know, this, this, this person has meant so much to me and, and since I was a little kid, but you know, you were the production manager for fucking David Bowie. I mean, man, you know, if I could, you know, if there was one artist that I really, really wish I just was involved with for, 30 seconds you know it's you know it's david bowie you know and and, and you got to know the man you got to do the shows you, you you got to do it all so you know i don't even know what to ask you about david bowie but you know if there's you know something you'd like to, to share with me i would uh you know i would be most gracious you know I, you can you can do you can you can count the number of people that that you've worked for that 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 have been that that person and not use all your fingers david's one of those fingers you know yeah and um 
David's career was, first of all, enormous. And a lot of people worked for him. You know, Michael Ahern, Benny Collins. You know, there were, there were a lot of production managers that worked for David, you know, that, that were there before me, that were there after me. And, but I had, I had David when David thought, you know what, I'm just not going to do any hits. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the entire tour was based on, yeah, we're not going to, yeah, I'm going to do B-sides. I'm going to do stuff from low and from the Berlin days and, and just, you know, Palace Athena, we're going to do. And what people don't realize is that while all this is going on, David Bowie literally invented EDM music. He was the guy. He came up with it. Drum, bass, the whole idea of this sort of narrative, this musical narrative that was able to, to move from one to the other. And, and there's, there's stuff that you can get. There's, yeah, on YouTube, you can get the, uh, the, the David Bowie Paradiso Club show where there was two shows in one and the second show was all this drum and bass and music and all that. And it, it was the beginning of that whole EDM movement that basically started in Detroit. It started in, you know, in warehouses here in the States and all this. And, but he had, the, he had his finger on so many things. Yeah. You know, he, was, he was without question. Not, you know what? He loved his roadies and we loved them back. And the idea that you could have a conversation with him, with a pop star, and he could, he, he knew about stagecraft. He knew, what's, he knew what it took to do this, to do that. And he would go back to Victorian times. You know, you know if we do this and we have with this kind of smoke, you know, that, we can make a projection. And, you know, us kids are just, you know, kids. All of us are going like, Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, and you know, it was just, you know, it, it was just beautiful. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful human, you know, and, and the, one of the funniest people, like ridiculous humor and so caring about everyone around him and, um, you know, his wife, Iman, is, was just gracious. Everybody was just the greatest it, it was just so it was the experience you could imagine it was only supposed to be three months two and a half years later we were still out there giving it all we had you know wow and you know yeah, he caught he, it's you know he picks up the phone oh hello charles uh hi what's going on uh i'm thinking of doing my uh 50th birthday I said oh yeah that's great he goes, uh David, your, your, your birthday is in three weeks. He goes, yeah, I know. Isn't that great? I want to do it at the garden. I want to invite some friends. And we put this birthday present together for him, and they did it at the garden, and he invited. Uh, the Foo Fighters were brand new. It was the first time Dave got behind the drums since the, the, the tragedy. You know, all these things, you know, uh, you know him and Lou were there. Uh, it, was, it was just one of the greatest shows yeah imaginable it was just the greatest you know oh, and yeah. he did all the hits and 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 everything yeah, that goes yeah. with it 
just a just a beautiful beautiful person yeah the robert you know? smith robert smith from the cure was so wonderful in that show you know, so great so great it. you well, know yeah, that, that was that was a great one I, I didn't know you were there but no, no, no. Oh, amazing no. Yeah, boy, we could do a whole podcast on Madison Square Garden, could we? You know, that, garden, that, garden, uh, that show at the Garden was great. We, yeah. Everything moved. We had so much projection. We did, we did, we did so many gags, so many tricks, so many, and it was just this. It was really kind of a. It was a beautiful. You know, it was a story. It was a full story, and we had the. You know, we brought out the eighty-foot uh, opera gauze that you know and it was tatted so there was only there's only one place that makes this type of opera gauze it's in austria somewhere so naturally i had two made because you got to have a spare (laughs) (laughs) so i had this opera gauze and we were able to you know Uh, and you know it's where you know it's where my wife and i met for real and where I, I said that you need to be on my side of the barricade that's that's how it's gonna go nice and, nice, and so nice. It, it all worked out beautifully it was well uh, i know there's there's lots of you know i'm, I'm kind of cherry picking some of the, the highlights i'm interested in but your, your career you've done so much and you've done you know again we've mentioned it earlier but you know we we have to we we, we have to talk about the the police tour you know i mean i mean that was I mean, think still to this day, the highest money-making tour ever, was it not? I mean, it's... They did pretty good. The police reunion was just <laughs> shockingly good. They did I, pretty good. I only crossed paths with you once on that when we did the, the giant stadium. Um, I think that was Live Live 8 or something like that, or one of, the, one of, those, one of those... No, it was uh, Earth... Uh, uh, live Earth. Live Earth. Live, live Earth. Earth. Yeah. Live yeah. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. So I, I know you've had a long relationship. Where, you know, where, you know, you did the police, and then I think you're still. Are you still involved with Sting these days? Yep. yep. He's, uh, you know, Burger's out there on a day to day. You know. Yeah. It, you know, he's he's running the show out there. Seth Seth Goldstein. You know, and the great crew, great bunch of people working for him. Yeah. You know, and you know, the, the, the not use every finger sting is one of those fingers too. Right. Know? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, the, the thing about you know, the police tour, it was like Ichabob crane, except for sting, but the other two, it was kind of a, a bit of an Ichabob crane moment. You know, you've been asleep, you woke up under a, an apple tree and the world went, what, what's this? What's, you know, they walked onto a stagecoach stage, you know, they saw the work that Tate did, you know, the, 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 the construction, how it was, how we did it, how we moved it from place to place, you know, our whole, the whole concept was, is, was we never want them to want to go home. So basically, you know, they had their bubble. We put a bubble around them. And, you know, the, the dressing rooms were done in such a way that it was, you know, we, we went out of our way to make it perfect. And I, it's as close as perfect as we can get. And right. it, was, it was good. It, it was, you know, it was the police. And what's great about that, what I remember most about that show is that 95% of the people that came to see that show had never seen the band before. Wow. They had never seen the police sense. before. They didn't but really what they up. did what they did have, they had the CD or the album. They listened to the headset, they had that MTV. So, 
Claire, you know, Howard Page, God bless them. They came up with the sound system and the way, and you know what, you know, I don't have to tell you about the sound systems and how it's got to be. But Howard came up with a design that gave everyone in that building the feel and the experience, the oral picture that they were in their bed, in their dorm, listening to that. Yeah. It was it was extraordinary. And right to the back, right to the last seat. You know, and every night, you know, Sting would come off after 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 something, you know. And I would always point to the very last thing, go, hey, look at that one over there, you know, and the fucking dead die, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was and it was it was it was really it was great. They would you know they, they worked so hard and they and they really did it and we played everywhere. And um how long did that last for that one was? Oh two and a half, three? Two almost like three years. Yeah, we finished at the garden. The garden was the last one. Nice. And uh, that's where uh, uh the fat lady sang. <laughs> it's not over till the fat lady I'm a Yankee fan. So, you know, I I you know, got dressed and show was over and we had the we had the lift and i came out and did a little maria callis and house lights go and that was the end of the police that was it wow it was, wow it was pretty good it was never a good to time. happen again i would imagine it was a good time yeah well you know uh, your, your career's gone a long way. Oh, oh, we can't stop talking about the police until we, until we, you know, we honor your friendship with Billy Francis a little bit, you know, Billy Francis, who was the tour manager for the police and staying and was with him forever. And I know you guys were really close and, um, I've only met Billy a couple times when he had brought sting to a couple shows that I was working and mm-hmm. he came in and, you know, off the, right off the bat meeting the man, very warm, He'd, you yeah. know, he'd, he'd grab your hand with two hands to shake it. And he was just very, very sweet. So, um, you know, he never remembered me, I'm sure. But, you know, my he left an impression with me that the, the little bit uh, that I've been around Billy Francis. But I know he's very dear to you, or he was very dear to you. He's, um, uh, <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my whole bit with Billy was, you know, always a kind word. Always an open hand for the afflicted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, because, you know, Billy, Billy was one of the hardest men. Yeah, you know, I knew him since the, you know, the late 70s. And, yeah, you know, and Rex King, you know, was, is his best friend, was his best friend. And, you know, and uh, I got to tell you, you know, he was a hard guy. You know, his dad was a trainer uh, a boxing trainer, a world champion boxing trainer. He had world champions, heavyweight world champions, you know, and, you know, Billy was, Billy was that, you know, that part of London where, you know, a man's word is where it's at, you know, and that's, and that's what it, and that's, if I can say the thing about Billy is that he never let me down and that's all there is to it. Wow. You know, his word was his word, and that's how it goes. That's huge. That's huge. You know? And I and um, I, I just I, I love that guy. I love him now. And um, and um, there's there's um, there's a uh, there's a thousand stories. 
we flew into London one night, you know, and he decided, oh, yeah, fly with us. It's going to be great. You know, we had just finished Europe. We're going into London. We're doing a couple of nights at, uh, at the new stadiums, da, 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 you know, so come on. The boss wants you to be on the plane with us. You know, we want to. So we land in Luton and um, get out of the car. The cars are all lined up. And he's, and I look, and there's this, you, do you know what karma cars are in London? Do you know, have you seen those things? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's like a Russian, it's a Russian yeah. car or an Indian car that they made in India. And it's all done up like the inside of a of an Indian. Yeah, yeah, the tassels. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's like, no, it's like, it's, you know, it's got shit hanging yeah. <laughs> and everybody gets in the car and I'm standing there and, and he opens the door and goes, Sir Charles, <laughs> you, know, I mean, <laughs> you know, the thing's as big as a mini, you know, and I'm going to, yeah. uh, okay, yeah, you know, so. Oh, funny. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, <laughs> me, me and Tim McWilliams took the ride, the ride back to London from there, you know. Oh, uh, <laughs> funny. Well, you know, all these things, you know, uh, that you've done and artists you've worked with and, you know, just, you know, your accomplishments all, all led up to 2012 to you getting the Lifetime Achievement Award, uh, the Parnelli Award. Uh, and, you know, I know that must have been, I know you don't want to talk about yourself and your achievements, but, you know, I, mean, I, I do remember that. And I think that was a huge moment. And, and I think this is a good opportunity to maybe talk about Rick O'Brien a little bit, you know, the original, you know, Mr. Parnelli himself. Um, I never really worked with Rick much. I know, I know after his Queen days, he, he was in Cleveland and he was a promoter rep for a short period of time. And, and yeah. he, he repped one show for me. So I spent one day with Rick and I got to know him a little bit, but uh, what a great guy, you know, um, do you, do you remember? Oh, Billy, uh, Billy, Billy Square was the opening act for the last Queen tour of America. You know, that was the last time they came here. That was the last time they toured here. And, um, Rick O'Brien um, taught me to be a human being on tour. Right. Um, he taught me that it can be a lot of fun, but it's deadly serious when it comes down to it, you know? And I, I, I owe my, um, my sense of humor my idea of um, how to how to treat a crew, how to be with a crew, I my uh, some call a uh, affinition for um, little people. Um, I I can't tell you that uh, there wasn't a day that I didn't get something out of Rick, you know. And and that and that's and that's the truth. That guy was just, but you know, he started as a truck driver. He's one of he, he's one of us. He started here, and he went there. You know, and he was a hard worker, and he was loved, and he was funny, and uh, you know, I learned a lot a lot from him. Was he you a know? Jerry Stickles protege? I mean, yeah, he was, was a Jerry, yeah, he was Jerry's guy. So Jerry found yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, another, and, uh, another another class guy there too. Yeah, well, he invented it, you know, he went, let's go to Mexico. All right. <laughs> you know, no, let's not. No, no, we can go. You know, or let's go to South America. Uh, no, really not good. Not a good idea. No, no, it'd be good. Because 
he had the not he had the force he had the foresight and he had the muscle behind him. We'll just take everything we've got. Everything that we need, we're gonna take with us. We're not gonna leave anything to chance. We're not gonna be standing there wondering why we don't have nine volt batteries. We're not gonna be standing yeah. there wondering why there's no two by fours. You know, you're going to Brazil, you're gonna bring wood. Yep, we're gonna bring wood. We're gonna bring plywood. We're gonna, yeah, you know, I mean, he was, he, he came up, he came up with conceptually how to do shows on there. He opened up those markets. And when Queen played uh, South America and when Rock and Reel happened, you know, that's all Jerry Stickles. Jerry Stickles is the guy that did that. You wow. know, Tim was there and, you know, and, and, uh, and Chris, you know, Chris Lamb obviously was there, you know, and um, Parnelli was the guy, you know, knee deep in the mud, you know, oh no, we can't do it that way. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, you know, wow. but, but he was, but you know, those guys, those guys deserve that credit. They, they, they did that. We came in, we came in after them with our, the way we did it and how we did it, you know, but you know, the foundation of that house was built by those guys. Yeah, you know, without question, there was there were the ones, you know, and um, there were. What I found that, and I, and I learned, and I learned that from them as well, is that they were inclusive. You know, it wasn't just a bunch of gringos doing it themselves. Go over there, go sit down and watch. You know, they brought people in. They found talent down there. And they brought people. There was this guy Nestor in in Argentina. You know, there the, the were people, you know, that they brought along and taught them, and they became part of the team. And that that was that was a big deal, you know. And um, they, they were they were, yeah, they, they were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Bad, not bad for a bunch of degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously the, the, the Parnelli award is, is very much uh, earned and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for you for getting that. Um, but yeah, nice, nice chatting about Rick O'Brien and, and Jerry Stickles. Uh, those, those guys were, were absolute legends, you know, neither of them around anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we can talk about them and give them a little bit of uh, airtime, you know, I want their memory to live on because they were so really they important it. to our industry. They, deserve you know? it. they were, they were there, you know, and okay. uh, I, I wouldn't mind talking about, you know, something that's going to be, it's, it's not only was it important before the pandemic, but it's, it's, it's going to be illuminated even more so after the fact. And, and you're right in the middle of it. So I, I wouldn't mind talking about, you know, the event safety Alliance a little as well. Um, uh, you, you and I have talked about this before you've helped me with things in the past. Um, but, you know, with your involvement with the event safety Alliance, maybe you can tell the listeners exactly what it is briefly. And then maybe how you see health and safety in our industry moving forward, you know, and I know we could talk about this for hours, but, you know, maybe we can just touch on it a little bit. Well, safety. Nothing, nothing, nothing that's ever moved forward has moved forward without a catastrophic event. And 
particularly with labor. And it's been the reason, the reason we have the labor laws and the things that, that, that are in place is because there were catastrophic events that caused something horrible to happen. The shirt fire in New York, uh, the circus in Connecticut, the idea of uh, when they were building the dams back in the 30s and 40s, um, all that, all those, all those things were because terrible things happened. And um, we were in, uh, in Phoenix when the collapse of the Indiana State Fair happened. And we were all that were there uh, flabbergasted because we had all played that place. We had all played that place and we played places like that and state fairs like that and stages like that and have all been in that position of who's going to blink first, who's going to cancel the show first. I'm not going to cancel. You cancel. You cancel. I'm not going to cancel. You know, the, the game. And we thought that that couldn't go on anymore. We had to establish a protocol where that question or that idea had to be removed so that if you cross that red line, that means that it stops. If you cross that red line, that means the show doesn't happen. And there's nothing you can do about it being the promoter. There's nothing I can do about it being the production manager. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. It stops here. This is where it stops. And that was, that was the genesis of, of the idea. The idea that that, that happened, the idea that there were uh, issues that should have been but weren't because we, we call it situational complacency. Just because you did it a thousand times and it worked a thousand times doesn't mean that it was right a thousand times. And just because you might have done it correctly a thousand times, that thousandth and one time you might have forgotten to do something. But in your head, because you've done it so many times, you think you've done it. You yeah. think you pulled a switch. You think that the bull switch is off and you're about to touch an open cable because you've done it a thousand times. You've done this, you've done that, da, 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 da. but that one time you didn't and you're dead or you're hurt or you're crippled or somebody falls or somebody's over there or it's faster for me to climb up this, this steel before I put on, I got to put, put my harness on. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I could just, just get up there and, and just take care of it. And you've done it a thousand times, but it takes, you know, it's that one time and it's happened and it still happens. You know, it happened, it happened recently and it happens and it's, so our idea was to create a nonprofit book sort of like you can open to any page and learn something that was the idea 
And we were able, I was able, we were all able to call on our friends in Europe and Japan and, and all, over the, all over the world who already had uh, rules and regulations. England had rules and regulations. The EC had rules and regulations. And we called them and we said that the United States doesn't have this. They might have it locally, they might have it you know, in the state, but there's no federal government. There's OSHA, but it's not. OSHA is a reactive, not a proactive bit. You know, they can tell you what not to do, but they'll show up when the accident happens, you know, that kind of thing. So we wanted to be proactive about it. And we asked, you know, the Purple Book, we asked, the, you know, the Blah Book in Germany, we asked, we asked what they have in their procedures. And they were willing to give us all that information. They gave us the information for us to put it together and apply it to American standards and, 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 and put it together. And the idea that, that to me was the most important part is that the people that already had the information, it wasn't like, yeah, we'll sell you the book, buy the book, you know, or, you know this is intellectual property. It wasn't, it's just human property. This is, and, and that was, and that to us was, was what we wanted. We wanted this to be the human factor. We wanted everyone to, to be able to have this information and they should have it for free. You know, you want to be part of the alliance. You want to be part of the, uh, of the group. You know, you want to be a member. You know, there's a membership fee and all that. But as far as the book is concerned and all that, it's yours. You know, and we did one as well for the, uh, 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 for reopening. And we took information from all over the world and what they were doing, Italy, all of Europe, the Middle East and all that. And we put a book together. And we're coming up with the second book because, as you know, it changes. It's changing every day. There's something different. So you know we're putting we're putting a, a another book uh, another book together, and that and that was that was the important part. And at the same time, we went ahead and you know and we put a convention together where people can come and and then it's more more in style of a convention, where you know you 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 fly in, you pay to do you be the convention, you have speakers, you have this, you have that, you have presentations, you know. But but that that's something different. You know, but the book itself, the idea of the Event Safety Alliance is, it's like the Excel spreadsheet. Everybody's got it. And everybody should have it. And everybody should have that information at their fingertips. So if you want to know about barricades, you can open up the barricades. If you want to know about, you know, fluid dynamics as far as how crowd moves and, 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 and fluid dynamics. And we're very proud of the fact that there's universities in England that use our book for their curriculum. We're very proud of the fact that that there's courses being taught here in the United States and in, in how to deal with crowds and how to deal with 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 uh, safety factors. We're very proud that riggers are, are now have to be certified to go up. You have to do this, you know. And these are all things that 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 made a difference. And I think it, it's made a difference in a lot of lives. And I think that that. That's, I'm very proud, I'm very proud to, to have been part of that. And Digby is, is, and Jim Digby is, 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 is our, our spokesperson. And, you know, he's the first, he's, he's the point of the spear, you know, that boy. I mean, he's all over, yeah, yeah. you know. 
and um, and and just just great. And we have you know the board of directors. We have a great bunch of people from insurance companies to production people to you know the the, the city managers. You know, and and uh, it it really helps for a rounded a rounded vision of, of the thing. You know, and yeah, it, it's it's it's. You know, with COVID, without COVID, it doesn't matter. You know, in 2020, every production manager needs to have that book on his desk. You know, he Gotta really does, it. you know. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and a lot of it for me, and I'll, and I'll be honest, it's, it's, uh, it's in a self-preservation way. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, we, are, we are the supervisors, you know. You know, we may not be out on the floor, but we're, we're you know, we are in charge of what's going on out there. If an accident My son happens, is a sound engineer. <clears throat> And yeah. I don't want my son getting hurt. You know? right. And we have people now that have their, their sons and daughters that are now in our business. Yeah, you know? exactly. And we have that responsibility because they're, you know, as Arthur Miller used to say, they're all our sons. You know, they really are. Yeah. We're responsible yeah. for all of them. You know? But, you know, anything bad happens on your watch, man, you're, you're going to be responsible. You're going to be the guy it's in you. court. You're, you're going to be the guy. You're going to be the, can be the guy getting deposed, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, but, you know, these days I, you know, we do what we can do. You know, I, I'm out on the floor. If there's riggers in the air, if there's shit floating, have your helmet on. Put your yeah. helmet on, man. Yeah. There's really no excuse not to wear your helmet. And you, I you talk to my lead. department heads about that all the time, you know. You Get your guys to wear their helmets. You, you got to lead from the front. Absolutely. And that's what it is. And that, Absolutely. That's, so. You know, I, I don't want, you know, an accident to ruin someone's career, you know, and no. it, can, it could very well happen. You know, no. it could, it could happen, no. you know? So, you know, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of safety. Uh, no. I respect what you and Jim Digby are doing. Um, and, uh, and I think the gospel needs to be spread a little bit more, you know, it's, it really does. <clears throat> Here in the States, you know, in, I mean, you know, you walk into, you walk into Ambly, you know, you're not even going to walk in a door without your PPE. It's just as simple as that. But here yeah. in the States, you know, it's the cowboy method, you know, ah, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's the, the hardest wall that we had to hit. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Well, you know, I, I, one thing I do know you'd love to talk about, and I certainly want to hear it, and, and I've and, I, and I've not been involved in this as much as I should be, and I hope to be more in the future. Is is your organization called Just a Bunch of Roadies, who who have done such great things, you know? And and you and yourself, you know. I mean, for for years, I'm hearing about, you know, what what you know what Charlie's done for Haiti, what Charlie's done for Pakistan, what Charlie's done for, you know, Kuala Lumpur, and and you've you've single handedly, or maybe I shouldn't say single handedly, but you know you. You know, you've been involved in, in, in so many, you know, you know, acts of philanthropy and, and wonderful, you know, gift of helping people, you know, and you've been right out in the front of that. And, and your organization, Just a Bunch of Roadies, is, has done, done speakless, wonderful things, man. And, uh, wow. and you know, just, 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 just on another long list of things to, for you to be commended for. And, uh, you know, I don't really have a question. But I know in your heart, it's very important to you. So I'd, I'd love for you to, you know, express, you know, how much just a bunch of roadies is important to you. It all goes back. Um, it goes back to Kuala Lumpur. Uh, we, we had gotten a contract to 
um, uh, launch the Petronas Formula One car at the at the uh, Grand Prix in Malaysia. And Christmas Day, I woke up, turned on the TV, you know, and uh, it was the day after Christmas here, and there was a tsunami, and they were talking about what happened. And you know, you can't, you don't put it together, you know, right off the bat, you know. But they were talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. I was like, what? And this wave was moving across the Indian Ocean at the time, and it was heading, you know, towards Ceylon and. And, you know, me and you have both been across the Indian Ocean. There's a big piece of water. And they're talking about a 35-foot wave, 40-foot wave, that's moving at nearly the speed of sound across the ocean. It's almost an, an, an impossible way of thinking, you know. And it hit and killed a bunch of people there, too. And it, it was it, it was insane. And... We had we had the, we had the show kind of built to you know kind of get it, it was going to be in February, and we kind of had the show and I called my partners and I said look you know it's not a show like that anymore now now we, we we're going to do something, and we're going to try to uh, create a benefit of some kind because you know back then it's all about benefits you know everybody calls us first to help out yeah. everything <laughs> about this business it's you know can you help out can you can your band show up can you you know it's always about that help out so you know the show so we we shifted the show the king of the the king and the prime minister and his family were unbelievably kind and generous beyond you know generous they had they they had just bought the first 777 wide body aircraft there was the, the malaysia was the first uh, airline to have them, they offered that to us. They get you can have that and whatever airplane that you want to bring whatever you need to do this and to do this. And and we were able to do that with our friends at Rocket, you know, and David Bernstein and the boys and everybody. And you know, and um, we got a bunch of acts to do this, da da da. You know, everybody, everyone from Jackie Chan to Boys to Men to. Uh, uh, um, a bunch of bands. Anyway, the day before, two days before the show, I went to Bandarache. I was there, and I, and I came back, and you know, the Jesuits, you know, got their hooks in me pretty pretty early in the age. You know? And you kind of you kind of move away from that as you get older, you know. But I'll tell you what, you know, if if there ever was a place called hell. You know, I stood. I stood there in Bandarache because it, it it just looked like the entire world was just pushed away. There was nothing left. Nothing. There was nothing left. Not even shoes. The, the water there. came in and just yeah, took it all out. Just yeah. Took everything. Everything. Yeah. It was. It was. It was incredible. And I got back to the hotel that night, and uh, it was. Um, was the Mandarin Orient, and there was a big birthday party for one of the pop stars that was there, you know? And me and Lori were sitting there, and I'm sitting there, I, I was in, I was like in shock. You know, I still had death on my leg, you know, my shoes and legs, you know, I just, you know, I just came right upstairs, you know? And Lori was sitting there, and um, 
I'm looking and I'm hearing, you know, you know, you know when you hear the jabber, jibber, jabber in, in a party, place is packed and it's all fucking the glitterati, you know. And then somebody said, you know, the fucking shrimp weren't big enough or the ice cubes were the wrong size or something. Somebody said something, you know, like of that level of stupid, you know. And I remember and I looked at Laurie and I said, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better fucking way than what's going on here. You know, and Lori Tierney, in the same way that you would say, mm, pass the salt or, you know, Kazuntite uh, or, you know, just in the, in the same mom, just like she goes, well, you know, what if we, uh, what if we just did it ourselves? You know, just forget the show, forget this giant show, forget the pop stars, forget all of that. And then we do what we do in moving things around and we just do it ourselves and we just do, we just get the stuff that we need and we get it to the people that needs to, where it needs to happen. And that, that was it. It was her idea. Just a bunch of roadies right there. Just like that. It was her idea. And and I said, yeah, and, and then we can, and then, you know, and then at that point, we're, and I remember Ross Halfin, you know, Ross, our boy, yeah. you know, Ross Halfin was standing there, you know, just, you know, he was kind of standing over there. And I remember Ross just turned around and he went like this and he took a shot. And I, it's one of my most prized possessions. I have a picture of the moment. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Wow. You know, but it was her idea you know she said we should just do it ourselves and from that point on that's that's what we did we did everything we could just to do it ourselves you know and and the reason we were able to do it ourselves is because we had our friends we had the rocket cargos and and the sound moves and 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 uh, the upstagings and the clairs and all these companies that have been with us all our lives you know, and we said, look, you know, we, we want to do this. Can you help us? Do it? And they were the first ones in. They were right there, you know, and we were able to do that. <clears throat> then, you know, we were in China and I saw this thing that happened in Haiti. And I saw uh, Bill, uh, you know, uh, Bill Clinton and George I about to get on a plane in Opalaka. But they walked right past the plane. They went into another plane, which was the uh, uh, the Google plane, was a 767, because they had a bigger payload for security and all that. But here was David Bernstein's plane, the 727, you know, the old Starship, right? And I'm in I'm in Beijing, you know, and I pick up the phone and I go, "Hey, David, I see you got an airplane sitting in uh, in Florida. It's empty. Is that true?" He goes, yeah, you know, and he tells me the story about the security thing. And I said, oh, no, so there, let me just ask you a question. Uh, if I fill the tank of gas for that aircraft, how many times can I get back and forth to Haiti with a payload? And he says, oh, I don't know, fucking five, six times, four, five, I don't know. Depends on the payload, right? I said, okay, and how much is that? And he tells me how much it is. And I said, okay, all right, I'll call you right back. And I hand up the phone, and then I call our friend, who just again passed away? It's fucking so fucked up. But uh, uh, John Campion. Now, John Campion. Let me tell you about him. John Campion came to America 
he was a child, you know, 22, 23. He had $26 in his pocket, 26 bucks. Flew to LA, got a job working at Show Lights as a roadie. And one of his first tours was with me and, and uh, Opie. And Opie was a lighting guy at the time and all of this. Yeah. And uh, he was in charge of the dimmers. And one day I walked by him and I looked at him and I said, you really don't know what you're doing, do you? And, you know, Irishman, oh, please don't fire me, blah, blah, blah. Now, here's a, here's a fifth guy on a fourth man lighting crew, broken leg, doesn't know what he's doing, and is in charge of dimmers, right? I said, okay. So my advice to him was, listen, you need to go and learn everything there is to know about electricity, about generators, because these shows are getting bigger. This is 1982, something like that. So 84, that's, you know, that's when Van Halen, all these guys, you know, 10,000 park cans. Yeah, yeah. You know, there wasn't enough electricity in any of the buildings. And the promoters were just <clears> like <throat> getting generators that sucked and it never worked. So anyway, cut the champion, you know, cut the champion and being the, I guess, uh, the overachiever Irish that he is. <laughs> he learned everything there was to know about generators. And he started a company called Show Power with the show group at the time. And he started the gener these generators. And we were then able to bring the generators and then charge the promoters the generator, make money on the deal, get the thing, da 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 da, -da. He eventually sells Show Power to General Electric. And then he buys, with the money that he got, he buys a French company who... In, within the George Soros group says, yeah, that's a good idea, buys into it, makes a ton of money on it, and so, next thing you know, he's a gazillionaire. Great. So back to, back to uh, Haiti. I call Campy and I go, listen, I need some money for gas to put on the plane. He goes, okay, whatever. Okay, fine. How much is it? I tell him. And, you know, he leans over to, to his assistant and goes, all right, Charlie needs that. Just make it up. 20 minutes, it's in my bank account. Call back, I call back Bernstein. All right, I got the gas money, and now we're going to get all the supplies. Lori Tierney at the time had gone back to school. Remember when I said that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, production lines kind of, you know, when it's course she wanted to go back to school, raise the kids, but she went back to school to be, uh, uh, to get her master's degree in nonprofit organizations, right? Oh, wow. So I call Laurie and I go, Laurie, so this is what's going on. And she says, well, I'm involved with a, with, with a bunch of people that what they do is that they go to all the different hospitals all over the United States. And after three years is the, the go time. Every, everything in every hospital every three years gets thrown away and they bring all new stuff in. So they get all the beds, they get all the x-ray machines, they get it after three years these people get it and then they in turn give it to people that can use it this yeah, yeah. yeah, of course yeah. so we get all this we get all this medical supply three and a half three and a half million dollars worth of medical supply from them and it's all over the country so then i call robert carone our friends at upstaging hey i need a few trucks i need a truck in uh, denver i need a truck in phoenix i need a truck in nashville and i need a truck uh, some uh, another place, you know. And they're like, okay, great. Then the trucks show up. Then 
roadies show up and they load all the trucks and then all the trucks go to Opalaka. Now, our other friend who just recently also passed, I know this, the, 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 whole, the whole thing about this is people that have passed away and the influence that they've had in people's lives, okay? So, so now you've got Lori, now you've got Campion, right? And you've got Billy Francis, like we talked about. And now it's Danny Parisi. Now, yeah. Danny Parisi was a guy that grew up in New York, and I, and we grew up together, and we knew each other, you know, being the New Yorkers and New Yorkers, you know, he worked for promoters there, and I was on this side of the fence. But anyway, we were very close, and he was doing the Super Bowl in Florida. So I called Danny Parisi, and I go, hey, Danny, I need some labor to load, an air, to load some airplanes. And he goes, yeah, all right, how many do you need? I said, I don't know, like 12 guys you know, to load an airplane. And he goes, okay, so that, that, that's no problem. I said, yeah, but we're going to load the airplane three, four, five times. So it's not just one time. And Danny's like, yeah, okay, no problem. And I hear him on the phone. He goes, Hans, Charlie needs some help. Here's the phone. Just tell Hans what it is. And Hans was Danny's, Danny's right hey, hand. Yeah, I, I know Hans well, yeah. Yeah, and Hans goes, yeah, what, what, what is it? You know? <laughs> and I said, listen, I need some, I need some, I need some labor. And I goes, yeah, 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 where? I said, an Opalaka, Opal, what? I said, Opalaka, yeah. Next thing I know, there's four 12-passenger vans filled with labor, filled with guys, you know? And they pull up, and we load the airplane, and then they go back to the... So, you know, so that's the story. Now, <laughs> during this time, I called the NFL, and the NFL, I said, look, if you give me one parking lot at the Super Bowl, I will put all the cookie sheets down there, you know, the pallets, you know, the, the, the flat pallets on the aircraft. And I said, at the end of your pregame show, you'll see boxes of medical supplies being put on that and being netted and getting put. At kickoff, you'll see those pallets getting put on flatbeds. At halftime, you'll see those pallets getting unloaded and getting put on an aircraft with the NFL logo on the back. Okay, and at the end of the game, you'll see those airplanes taking off. And tomorrow morning at 5 a.m., when you guys at CBS are all going, Oh, that was a great game, we were great. You'll see the box that got put there get handed to a doctor in Haiti. And the person on the other end said to me, Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, right, whatever, you know. We do, yeah, we got the Red Cross, and that's, that's who we deal with. Besides, you guys are just a bunch of roadies. And I said, okay. And that was, that's where the name came from. And we were able to do that. Not only were we able to move all the medical equipment in, not only do we actually use the NFL labor without them knowing it, because Danny Parisi made that happen. And not only were we able to get all that equipment and all that labor and all that done and get the airplane back and forth with Campion's help, you know, and not only all of that, but we were also uh, able to rotate over 90 doctors. And we were, we were able to rotate 90 doctors and nurses in and out of Haiti the people that were there at the beginning and were able to build and bring 90 doctors in from Boston and places like that. And we were able to rotate them and put fresh doctors into the thing. And 
a friend of ours who had rented a cabin kind of like this up north. His daughter, the guy that owned the cabin, his daughter was a nurse in one of the hospitals that had run out of formula. And on the way back from, from the last rotation, you know, this nurse comes over and she's all covered in kind of blood and weird. I mean, you know, it was horrible. And she looked at me and she said, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking you haven't done enough. But those boxes with the red tape, they saved eight babies yesterday. Oh, man. So, wow. so you look at Lori Tierney and you look at John Campion and, you know, and you, you, you look at Billy Francis, you know, and you look at Danny Parisi and you look at those people and the effect that they had on humanity. Yeah. That's a story. That's a huge that's, story. And that's, that's just a bunch of roadies because with that, you look at Jake Berry who has given me untold thousands of dollars worth of tickets, you know, that I've, I've been able to go ahead and uh, uh, put on the market and, and, and uh, uh, auctioned off to pay for the uh, 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 food shelves here in Minneapolis and people can come in and they see how the U2 show worked or the, the, the thousands of tickets that Danny Parisi gave me on the Jingle Ball and we were able to do that and we were able to feed thousands and thousands of family because people bought those, those tickets to come and then get a and get Anthony Giordano to fucking walk him around and go, yeah, this is a, I don't know, but what is this? This is a light. Yeah, that, that's a light, you know? <laughs> and, but it was the greatest experience that these people have had, you know? But we were able to do that, you know? Last Labor Day, on Labor Day, we were able to feed, you know, close to 300 families, everyone from uh, uh, people that worked at First Avenue, here in Minneapolis as bartenders and barbacks to people to the Hmong community who have who moved here from Southeast Asia who are in charge of, of, of the turnovers in all the all the uh, arenas, you know, XL Center and Target Center from basketball to hockey and all of that. Which which was like to me was, you know, a little payback for all for everything that that, that community of human beings did in Southeast Asia to help a bunch of Americans and a couple of my friends that actually they walked out and now are actually one of them is a great grandparent and because oh, of those people, you know? Yeah. So that's the kind of, that's, that's the kind of, that, that's the, just a bunch of roadies bit, you know, yeah, yeah. there's no well, them. There's only us. You know? yeah, well, well I know you're, about. I know, I know you're doing stuff now for people in an industry who aren't working and, and, and you know you're 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 trying to keep you know your community afloat as well. I mean, well, what do you got going on these days? The most important thing that that you know, there's always the uh, we got to save the industry. You know, what do you think? What should we do? And for me, the the most important message that I want to get out there, the most important thing that and the thing that we're doing right now, 
is about food insecurity in people's homes, you know, and, you know, everyone in our industry has always been, you know, won't you help us out with this? And we're the first ones to help out. But I want to get the idea that it's time for our industry to help in, to help, to help, to help in our industry. And the way to do that, I think is, is about food insecurity and it's about telling people that they're not alone, that there's help out there and that you shouldn't have to uh, make a decision on whether to sell your car to pay the rent or to sell your car to put food on the table for your kids or the idea that a mother took a bus to a bus station that happened to have a supermarket and she asked the guy at the supermarket, can I just borrow your, your supermarket card? And she walked three and a half miles to where I was giving food away. And uh, I put her in a van and I took her home and then I got the card back to the guy. Nice. You know? But, you know, but that's what's happening now because people that are hoping that in six weeks, people in March said that we'd all be back at work in July. And in July, everybody said October. And in October, it's going to be this and it's going to be that, you know. And the most ironic thing about this whole COVID thing that's happened to us in our industry is that, ironically, we really just are a bunch of roadies. Because if the government and if, if the people that don't actually have the power to be able to make a difference don't actually really think about how they're going to do it, then, you know, there's, there's very little that there's very little power that we have that we can do Hmm. because all we, all we know, all we know, all we do is help out. We can do it. Just tell us where to go. You know, (laughs) you want us to build a fucking bridge. We'll build a bridge. You know, you give me 200 roadies, you know, you give me 12 Super Chris's, three Duggies, you know, a couple <laughs> of washers, you know, and I'll build you a building, you know, and that's, that's what it's about, you know. Well, that, so, that's, you know, that's the thing about Roosevelt and what he did back in the 30s, you know, and like <laughs> put people to work that know how to work, you know, yeah. and come up with the projects. You know, you need these roads to be done a certain way. You need this to be done a certain way and to be done properly. You know, there's a there's a there's a a real set of human beings that only know how to do it one way, and that's the correct way. Yeah. And at the same time, for them and for them to understand that they're not alone, and that there's help, and that you need food, we can get you food. If you need help, we can get you help. It's there for the having. You know. So. Well, it's it's incredibly admirable, and you know, and 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 you know, you know, I live in, in Louisiana, and the storms hit here. You've you've checked in on me and wondering what's going on in Louisiana, and and uh, you know, I've I've been lucky, but 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 you know, should something happen to me, <laughs> I know you could help me out, man. I know you'd be. You know, I'm there for you. Of course, yeah. I'm there for you. You know, we had uh, we have a deal with HBO and Showtime. And they do these shows like, you know, Donovan or whoever, you know, one, one of these shows. And if the show contract is over and it's done, all the interiors, all the furniture, everything that's in there, at one time they just threw all that shit away. And then Bart Durbin's wife found out about that and said, well, you know, I got a guy that can probably help with that. 
and she called me and I sent a bunch of trucks to without friends from upstaging and show motion, you know, and the guys that, that move our steel around. And we were able to get all that furniture, put it into trucks. And the first time we went down to Houston when they had all the floods and we were able to redo seven or 10 houses plus a church just from mm -hmm. scenic from, from these shows. Yeah, yeah. And then we did it again with Stacy Harper. You you remember Stacy Harper? Oh, you know, uh, where um, some tornadoes went through Ohio, and we were able to help a bunch of families that lost everything, and we were able to redo their homes. And now we just sent uh, twenty eight pallets filled with, like, you know, I mean, it was Donovan, right? So you know, it was it was pretty nice furniture. And we sent them to Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, that was three weeks ago mm. uh, for them uh, to, to help them. But then Lake Charles just got hit again. I know. But luckily, you know, it, it seems that, that, you know, the, the stuff was saved. So it wasn't, you know, so, but so we're going to do that again. You know, we'll, we'll help them again. But, you know, the guy that, 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 that we, uh, that we gave the, uh, the stuff, you know, he, he nearly lost his mother-in-law and his two brothers in the first hurricane, you know? And the idea that, that we were able to help them and to help the people that work for him, and he's in the industry as well, and, and to, to help him, um, uh, help his crew and the people that work for him, then uh, we did that. And yeah, you know, we'll, we'll just keep doing that, that stuff. Yeah. But, um, that's how it goes. Yeah, you know? it, is, it is, man. And, and, and again, yeah, you're to be admired on so many different fronts, but uh, just, a bunch ain't, of roadies, ain't, just a bunch of roadies is, is I, Chris, something that... Chris, that, I swear to you, I swear, I swear, it ain't me. It's all of us. It's, yeah. all, it's all my friends. It, it's, you know... Just yeah, a bunch it's of me us. Because, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, I might be the brown guy with a loud voice, <laughs> but you know, it's you know, really, you know, it's the Corones, it's Danny O'Brien, it's you know, it's it's you know, it's all it's of us. Mary Lou, you know, it's it's you know, it's all of us, and it's all of us that that created something from nothing, you know, because that's what we did in our business, and because we all did it together, in that way, you know, I know that if I if the phone rings that they'll pick up the phone and like, you know, like, 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 like Danny used to say, yeah, bro. So what do you need? <laughs> you know? And, and that's how Parisi would answer the phone every time. I, oh, I Danny, it's Charlie. Yeah, bro. What do you need? Oh, Danny. That's how it is. I just, you know, what you were talking, I just had a memory and I'm wondering if you remember this, you were doing a show with kiss in the old Studio 54. And I was across the street at the Roseland doing a show with Soundgarden. And I don't remember if Danny was at your show or Danny was with my show, but I just remember both loadouts were happening at the same time. And you, Danny Preci, and I are standing in the middle of the street chatting. And this had yeah. to have been, oh, I don't know, 90, 92 maybe? One or two, or something, like, something like that. You know? yeah. I just had that memory. I haven't thought oh, about that. Yeah, no, Danny was doing both show because that's yeah. that that was just Danny style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the age old double dip. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, uh, well, the, the, the last time we saw each other was absolutely memorable when, you know, when we were out at Desert Trip. That was the last time I saw you. Yeah. So you were there and El Santos was there and Springo was there and Roy Lamb was there and Steve Dramalski was there. And of course, Opie was there. And yeah. that was just two weekends of just, you know, you know, it's a shame Jake wasn't there. Then, you know, that would have been a real party. But, uh, you know, uh, Jake, what a, what, what a, Jake, Jake showed up as a civilian. I go, hey, you got a pass? That <laughs> 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 was great. Yeah. And I, I only hope that we can somehow, uh, you know, see each other again, do something again, you know. I mean, uh, that was that was a that was a treat. But I, I remember I can't remember the guy that was that was, you know, the, the guy that was supposed to be in charge of the whole thing, you know, and I was doing something like putting up, you know, two hundred feet of burlap as a backdrop or something uh, yeah, for Neil yeah. <laughs> for Neil. Yeah. Because Neil didn't want, Hey man, nobody asked me if I wanted a big TV set behind me. Yeah. Right. Neil, but that's not what that's about. Okay. Yeah. You know, we got to cover. All right. So we're covering it. And I remember this guy showing up and he was just apoplectic. I mean, fucking 200 by a hundred piece of burlap. You know, and he goes, don't ever go for this. None of these people go, do you think that the fucking Pink Floyd guy, he, and he called him the Pink Floyd guy. He called him the Pink Floyd. <laughs> he couldn't even say Roger Waters. He was so out of his mind. Do you think the Pink Floyd guy's going to, and the McCartney guy, I don't know. And I looked at him, I go, you, you don't seem to understand that all those guys, we're all the same guys. Yeah, exactly. We're all the same people. So, Let's start there. Yeah. All of us are the same exact people. Okay? Agreed. Agreed. And that's how it was. Yeah. You know? that, that, there was there were forces working against us there for no reason, you know. I mean, yeah. but you know, we we yeah. we you know, we showed up, we all did our thing, we worked with each other. I mean, Roy yeah. Lamb with the Who was on with my day and we worked seamlessly together. I know you were on the same day with Springo and you guys worked yeah. seamlessly together. Al Santos and Opie the day before that worked seamlessly together. Yeah. I mean, that's what we have to do. And we were all the same people because we all came up the same way. Because, you know, we started in, it wasn't even a Hertz. It was a fucking U-Haul or something, you know. And like Opie, <laughs> you know, Opie was, you know, having ketchup packets for dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That, was, that, was a, that was a pretty good show, I have to say. Uh, Neil, I thought Neil Young stole the show personally i thought he was just incredible neil neil was um what i loved about him when he did the the song with mccartney right and he comes off stage and uh he goes so is paul in ears and then i went what no he's not in ears all wedges you know paul doesn't, he's an old school guy like you and he goes wow all i could hear was my guitar i went that's correct. Because your guitar sounds like the back of a 747. <laughs> How funny. How funny. Oh, I love it. I love it. That was a great time. Yeah. You know, but Charlie, I, I, this has just been magic, you know. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. You know, we, could, we could go this on. Is the, and and this, on is, yeah, and this on. is the first one I ever did uh, of something like this. Well, and, thank and you. I, I, I really, I, really I, I wanted to do it with you because, you know, we're, we're, a, we're just the same guy. 
yeah yeah it's that we're just story, we're yeah. got just a bunch of roadies you know yeah, yeah, you, you know and, and uh you know I, I i was telling you this recently but you know i i feel that our history needs to be documented in some way you know we just because we tell these stories around the, the dinner table and somebody else repeats them and this that and the other you know i i really hope that someone can listen to this and really get as long as, that, as long as we have the title for it and the title of the let me just tell you my side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and, and you know what? And you barely scratched the surface here in, in this short time together. But uh, I always uh, cherish our times together, you know, whether we're just hanging out or eating or whatever. But uh, I hope there's a lot more. There will be. There will be. Well, that's, uh, yeah. Again, I go back to Laura because she always said there's, there's just way too much to do. You know, yeah, what and a great story. That's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and her husband Mike, another 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 class guy. But, uh, he's a hero. He's, <clears throat> you know? he's a hero. You know, and and I, I I have nothing but you know hope for for him and for Suzanne for uh, for John's wife. You know, and 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 the entire uh, Parisi family, and of course you know Billy and his two nephews. You know. Yeah. You know who were who were there every step of the way. You know, and um, I really, you know, it's okay. We did pretty good. We've we've done some pretty good, pretty good stuff, all of us, and that's yeah. and that's what matters. Well, I, I hope to get a shovel or a rake or or whatever and get out there with you and then help do some good and you know, um, you know, it's what it's all about. At the end of every one of my emails, it's a simple sentence. Go to the end of your driveway. You look to the left <laughs> or your right or across the street. There's somebody that needs your help. Yeah. And it's really true. Agreed. You know? Agreed. They're right there. Just do it. Yeah. And right now we're doing our best to take care of our own, you know? Yeah. That's it. So here's to, here's to, you know, here's to some optimism. And, and, and you know, I, I know there's different opinions about next year. I, I firmly believe that at some point in time, maybe not in the spring or even the early summer, but I really hope that we can get back there later in the year. Hopefully there's a vaccine that can get, uh, you know, at least the wheels greased, you know, to get everybody, people thinking about work again, you know? I, I, I just hope that, um, that we uh, do it with uh, a real sense of kindness. Yeah. You know? Because I think that that that's the only way we're going to survive this. All yeah. of this is if we have some empathy and some kindness for everybody. Yeah, you, you know? know, I love that word kindness. You know, I I, I use it all the time. I, I do my best to be as kind as I can to whomever, um, and I think that's a that's a barometer on. I feel on how somebody is and, and who, who they are and how they're feeling about things. If, if, if I meet someone and I feel, Hey, this is a kind person, then you know what? I really think they probably have something going on in their life. They're happy, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, I, I, I try to be a kind person. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Know, I, I do my best, but that's all you can do. You know, that's you can do. That's all you can do. It really is. It's, it's truly all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you for spending time uh, with us telling some thanks. of your story. You know, uh, and Matt, thanks for me. For thanks meeting you too, Charlie. Thank together. you for your time. You know, thanks, thanks for your your engineering prowess and all that that goes with it. <laughs> yeah. Don't thank me yet. It's a pleasure <laughs> okay. to meet you, Charlie. Thank you for your time. Okay. All right, Matt. I will be in touch and hope to see you soon. 
Sounds good. And I, I have, I, I'm going to email you um, some information that remember we talked about some. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll put some, we'll put some stuff in the notes about. Uh, On the notes about it. Yeah. yeah. And it's mostly, it's mostly to do with food insecurity and, and trying to help people uh, make it through it. You yeah, definitely put those resources in the notes and give a place right. for people to go. So yep. that sounds great. Be good. Right on. Okay. Thanks, man. See ya. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to spread the word about the people in the concert touring industry and support what they do, it would be great if you could leave a review on iTunes or in Spotify. So every little bit counts. We're trying to make a difference here and not just uh, the the, uh, touring industry, but also we're trying to help um, bring awareness to the people behind the scenes and giving them the credit that is well overdue. And of course, during this episode of the, the, you know, the global pandemic, uh, you know, we need help. Um, these individuals work really hard to bring on great shows for you and in any type of awareness uh, to their needs is greatly appreciated. So please uh, just take a few seconds and leave a review. Thank you very much and take care.